It is forbidden with Araisa to personally benefit from something which belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. And if one does benefit from it, that is known as Me'ila, and the punishment is that he has to bring a korban, known as the Asha Me'ilais, and as well as that he has to pay the value of the thing which he benefited from, plus a quarter of that value. That's known as Keren V'chaymesh, which literally means the value plus a fifth, because once a quarter is added to the original value, so the quarter is now a fifth of the total value. For example, if somebody benefits from a hundred Zuz of Bishamikdash property, so you would have to pay back 125 Zuz, so the 25 is a quarter of a hundred, which ends up being a fifth of the total 125 Zuz, and that's why it's known as a Keren V'chaymesh, even though you're adding on a quarter, the quarter will ultimately represent a fifth of the total amount which you are giving. Be as it may, those are the two punishments for somebody who violates Me'ila. And so Misha tells us that Hanusin Shikla Lachavirai, one who gives a half shekel to his friend Lishka Yodai, for him to give that Machsa Shekel on his behalf. So he effectively appoints him as a messenger to give this half shekel which he has designated for the Shkolim, to give that to the money changers, or to put it in the money chest in one of the Shephoris, the money chests which are in Yerushalayim, or the Beis HaMikdash. Be as it may, once this friend got this half shekel, he used that half shekel for his own half shekel obligation. He gave it on behalf of himself. Says the Mishnah, Nisram HaTurumah, if the Trumas Halishka had already taken place, that's when they actually take the money from the money chests, all the money which had been given, so in the Trumas Halishka they would take that, and that's when it really becomes the Besamitra's property, and so if that had already taken place, then Mo'al, this person has violated Me'ila, because that half shekel had already been designated as a half shekel. It hadn't been put into the money chest yet, but the Trumas Halishka declares any money which has been designated as a Shkolim, even if it hasn't yet been given, it also becomes the property of the Beis HaMikdash. On a similar note, if somebody gives half a shekel from money which belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, so Nisrim Truma, if the Trumas Halishka had already occurred, and an animal had been bought as a korban from the money of the lish of the Trumas Halishka, then Mo'al he has violated Me'ila. And the truth is the same applies in the first part of the Mishnah, that you only violate Me'ila once that money is actually used for something. If the money was already hectish and you're just using it for a different type of hectish, Shkolim, you don't actually violate Me'ila just like that. Only once it's used for bringing the Korban. So now it's actually being used, and that is when you violate Me'ila. Now it's important to note that one only violates Me'ila if he benefits from what he is doing. And there is a rule that mitzvahs lavle hones nitnu. Mitzvahs were not given for the benefit, and what the rule really says is that the benefit which one gets from performing a mitzvah is considered to be a spiritual benefit, but physically it's not considered to be halachically classed as a benefit. So why are they here? The fact that he has fulfilled the mitzvah of giving the shekel, why do we consider that to be me'ila? Because it's not considered to be a halachic benefit. So the answer is, in this case he has benefited, not from the fact that he has fulfilled a mitzvah, but rather from the fact that he now does not need to pay and do the mitzvah, which will mean that he will lose money. He has saved money. So that is the benefit, not the fact that he's fulfilled the mitzvah, but rather that he has saved money by doing so. Now, if somebody gives his half shekel, for my sesheni money, my sesheni refers to the obligation of separating one-tenth of one's produce and bringing it up and eating it in Yerushalayim. And one doesn't actually have to bring out the produce itself, he could redeem the produce onto money worth the same amount as the produce, and he could bring the money up to Yerushalayim and then spend it on food there. 
if he uses that money for his half shekel obligation, so if fruit grew during the seventh year, the Shmita year, when it is forbidden to work the land, and any fruit it grows during that year has a special sanctity. So if one redeemed that sanctity, that status, onto money, which is again worth the same amount as the fruit, so now the money has Shmita status, and he's obligated to buy other produce with that money, and he is limited in how exactly he has to eat that produce. The point is, if he uses either my Sashani money or Shmita money for his half shekel obligation, then Yoichal Kenegdan, he needs to eat corresponding to that amount which he gave. He needs to designate other produce worth half a shekel and eat that as if that was now the Maishashani or the Shmita produce. If somebody gathers small coins, he has, let's say, a corner or a, some sort of money box where he puts any small change which he has, let's say, and he continues adding small coins to that box. And he says, at the beginning, he designates this box, the money which I'm putting into the box is going to be for the sake of my half shekel. Once I have enough small small coins, there'll be enough money in the box to be my Machsa Shekel contribution. So he continues doing that. And then after a while, when he checks how much money there is in the box, he sees that there is actually more than Machsa Shekel. There's more than half a Shekel there. The extra amount above the half Shekel should be given to the Beis HaMikdash as a voluntary gift one of the boxes in the Beis HaMikdash, which one could contribute to, was known as the Nadova. There are actually a number of these boxes. And since you designated this to be for the Shekel, so you effectively designated this to the Beis HaMikdash. However, it was by mistake, this is known as Hektash Ta'us, where something was designated to the Beis HaMikdash as a sort of mistake. And according to Beis Shammai, Hektash Ta'us is considered to be Hektash, and so that part does need to be given to the Beis HaMikdash. However, it cannot be given as part of the Shekel itself, because one can never give more than the Machtas HaShekel, because everybody has to give the exact same amount in the contribution of the Machtas HaShekel. On the other hand, the extra amount which he put into this money box is Chulin, it's not considered sanctified at all, because his Hill is of the opinion that Hektash Ta'us does not become Hektash. Now both Ishtamah and Basil agree that if at the beginning, when he started adding money to this box, he said, I will bring from this money, I will bring my machtas shekel. Shovin Shemesar and Chulin, they agree that any extra would be considered Chulin and not Hekdash, because he never said that all of this money would be Hekdash. He said that once I've got enough money, so part of this money I'll use to bring my machtas shekel. So there, certainly any part which is above the Machsa Shekel would not be considered to be Hekdash. And now, interestingly, the Mishnah says that if somebody had a money box or something and he set aside money, saying that Elul Chatos, this money is for the sake of a carbon Chatos, when there's enough money, so I'll use that to bring a carbon Chatos. In this case, Shovin Shameser and Dova, they agree, even Beis Hillel says, that any extra money which he discovers he designated for this box, for this carbon Chatos, it would be considered Hekdash, and he would need to give it to the Beis HaMikdash. The next Mishnah will explain what exactly the difference is between the Shkolim and the Karban Chatos, why exactly Beis Hill agree in this case. But as the Mishnah says that even in this case, if he said that I will bring from this money, part of this money I will use to bring a Karban Chatos, then certainly once again, Shovin Chulin, they agree that any extra will be considered Chulin and unsanctified, since he never said that he would use all of the money for the Karban. What is the difference between Shkolim and a Karban Chatos? 
Why is it that Beishilal in the previous Mishnah said that when it comes to Shkolim, any leftover money is Chulin, but when it comes to Korban Chatos, any leftover money still needs to go to the Beis Hamikdash towards buying Korbanos? Answer, Shkolim Yeshlem Kitzvah. Shkolim have a fixed amount which need to be donated. The Chatos, when it comes to Korban Chatos, in Kitzvah, it hasn't got a fixed amount for how much it needs to be worth. And therefore when it comes to Korban Chatos, you can't say that you designated this money by mistake. Because you could technically spend all of the money on a Korban Chatos. But when it comes to Shkolim, since it's a fixed amount, so any extra is certainly a mistake. So only in that case would the leftover be considered Chulin according to Beis Hillel. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, that's not actually true because after Shkolim Elam Kitzvah, even the Shkolim did not have a fixed amount, because when the Jewish people came up from the exile, from being in Golos in Bovel, their contribution for the Machs Shekel was worth a Darkoin. A darker is equivalent to four times a machzah shekel. And the reason for this, at least the way we're going to understand the Mishnah, is that the machzah shekel is always given as half of the standard coin which is used at that time. So when they came out from Golos, the darkoin was the standard coin. Which means that the shekolim contributions were each half a darkoin. Alright, and then after a while, Chazwidish called Slotim, they changed to give a contribution of machzah shekel using Slotim coins. So a sela worth two shekolim. That was a standard coin, so half of that would be one shekel. And then Chazlis called Tavoin, they changed to give contributions of half a shekel. That was the original Machsa shekel. And then as time went by, the standard coin became worth the Machsa shekel itself, which meant that the Shkolim contributions would be half of that. And so Misha says, Vitulish called Dinarim, they requested, they wanted to give contributions of Shkolim using the Dinar coin, so half of that would be half of Machsa shekel. However, the mission implies that they didn't actually change to this new currency, since that would be less than the original Machsa Shekel. So we only follow the current standard coin, as long as it won't be any less than the original Machsa Shekel of the Torah. Be'ezameh, you see that even when it comes to Shkolim, there isn't a fixed amount. So it should be the same as the Korban Chatos, where we don't consider it to be a mistake when he designates a bit more than the standard amount which he has to separate, because there isn't a standard amount. Or Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon replied to him, No, Avapichain. Nevertheless, it's still different to a Korban Chatos, because Yad Kulon Shava, the hand of everybody is the same, meaning everybody has to give the same amount, and that amount is fixed. Avon Chatos, when it comes to Korban Chatos, Zemevi Besela, this person would bring a Korban Chatos worth one Sela, Zemevi Beshtayim, this one would bring one which was worth two Salaim, Zemevi Beshalosh, this one would bring one which was worth three Salaim. So there, it would make sense that it's not considered a mistake, because however much you designate for it, that's how much you intend to spend on the Korban. But when it comes to the Shkolim, there is still a fixed amount for you, and you're not allowed to give any more or less right now. And so if you did designate more than it's actually worth, then it would be considered Hekdash Totus, and it would not become Shkolim, it would remain Chulin according to Beis Hillel. Mishnah Hay says the Mishnah, as we learnt, we have Shkolim Chulin. The leftover of the money designated for a Kohen Shlomim remains Chulin unsanctified. Musar Asiris leftover money, which was designated for the Asiris which is a carbon in this case of flour, Mitsarkinizovim, the leftover of the bird, which is bought by a Zov, who became Tome, and at the end of his Tome period, he brings a carbon chatos, which is a bird, Kinezovis, or the bird offerings of a female Zova, the Kineyoldos, or the bird offering of a woman who gave birth. And any other carbon chatos, carbon asham, Mosrein and Dovah, the leftover of the money which is designated for that, still needs to be given as a voluntary contribution to the Beis Amikdash. As the Mishnah continues, this is the rule, 
anything which is bought for the sake of the carbon chatas or carbon asham, the leftover still remains designated as the Mesamikdash. And so as the Mishnah continues to elaborate, leftover money designated for the carbon oila should be given for this like, for this sake. Perhaps for other people who will bring carbon oil in the future, Mesar Mincha la Mincha. This implies to a carbon mincha which is bought, Mesar Shalom la Shalomim, the leftover from carbon Shalomim. Should also be designated for those who cannot afford regularly a carbon Shalomim, Mesar Pesach la Shalomim, the leftover of a carbon Pesach to be bought as a regular carbon Shalomim, Mesar Nazirim, leftover money from a Nazir, if somebody was a Nazir and he needs to bring carbonis, be it as it may, if somebody Designated more than the amount of money which he needs for that, so the rest of it goes to other Nazirim. Musa Nazir, the leftover of a carbon which goes to specifically to this particular Nazir. So if there is leftover once he's bought all of his animals, the rest of that money should go Landova towards the voluntary contribution of the Nadava. Whereas here, Musa Oni, if there is leftover from the contribution of the poor person himself, Oni, it would all go to that particular poor person for whom the carbon or the money was designated. Musa Shavuim, if money was set aside for captives, but then they managed to ransom him for a lower price than they had intended or than they had collected for. So the rest of that goes to captives in general, towards freeing another captive, Musa Shavui, less of a money which designated for this particular captive, Isu Shavui would go to this particular captive, even if it's not for the sake of ransoming him. The leftover money from the collection in order to bury somebody. Again, the leftover goes towards future burials. The leftover from burying a particular dead person. The Yerushav, the money should all give, be given to the person who inherits that dead person. says, If there is leftover money from that money which was designated for that particular dead person, they don't say it belonged to him and it belongs to the um, inheritors. Rather, it should also be used for the sake of the, that dead person. They build some sort of tombstone on top of the grave of the dead person, and that way they are using it for the sake of that dead person himself.